Welcome to Research Recap, our research podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In each episode of Research Recap, we'll bring you the latest industry analysis and research insights from our team of award-winning experts. Welcome, everyone. This is the inaugural episode of the Research Recap podcast on the Making Sense channel. I'm Jack Atherton. I cover TMT Specialist Sales here at JP Morgan, as well as running the US Specialist Team. Today, I'm joined by Doug Ammuth, who leads the US Internet Research Team here. Doug's been at JP Morgan since 2011 and has covered the sector for coming on 20 years now. I'm also joined by Samik Chatterjee, who leads the US Telecom Equipment and IT Hardware Research Team here. Samik has covered the sector for about five years and has been part of the JP Morgan Research franchise since 2007, having previously worked on the Autos Team. It's great to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So as I said, this is our inaugural episode of the Research Recap Podcast, and today we're going to focus on big tech. And before digging into what's going on, I wanted to take a step back to what's happened over the past year. So 2022 saw the Nasdaq fall off 34%, and our internal mega cap tech basket was down a massive 43%, both underperforming relative to the S&P, which was only down 20 Doug, I'm going to come over to you first. What were some of the key drivers of that underperformance last year? Sure. So I would really view 2022 as somewhat of a perfect storm in the internet sector in particular and broader tech. I think that a lot of these companies, of course, had big bumps through the COVID period in 2020 and 2021. So you had kind of a natural slowdown in 22 off of those highs. I think there were some more specific industry things such as changes in online ad platform policies, for example, which caused a lot of disruption across the group. I certainly think increased competition as well. We saw that in the online advertising space, among other areas. I would also just point to a handful of external factors as well, some related to the Russia-Ukraine war. But things like supply chain, which certainly impacted e-commerce, for example, elevated costs related to fuel and energy as well, impacting e-commerce, and then, of course, on the data center side as well. And then all of that led into just broader macro pressures, basically. So there were a lot of different things. Perfect storm is how I'd frame it. Thanks for that. Samik, of those 2022 headwinds, is there any signs of optimism as we've come into 2023? Is there anything you call out that investors are starting to get a little bit more excited about? I think firstly, just to run down the hardware backdrop a bit more here, clearly supply chain was a big uncertainty last year, and that's starting to moderate. The other thing that we saw being a big concern was FX, and that's again starting to be a little bit less of a concern for investors going forward. More than both these factors, I think in a lot of cases, investors are thinking the downside risk that we've thought about last year, those have played out. And now the sentiment's turning more towards, can we sort of call the rebound from here? There are large geographies like China that have reopened. There is more, I would say, light at the end of the tunnel sort of view from investors. And while some of these macro pressures are moderating, investor sentiment is probably a bit ahead and looking for the green shoot or the light at the end of the tunnel already. And that's helping these stocks, in some cases, outperform this year. Really interesting. Doug, you kind of touched on costs, free cash flow improvements. Some of the names that you cover have been very hot on this topic. Can you talk about what your companies have been doing here to appease investors? And do you think there's more to go? So I would certainly say that in the very end of 2022 and into 2023, 
cost structure, cost reductions have really been the biggest story in the internet sector. But cost reductions, really just a matter of getting these companies more fit and leaner. There was a bit of a slowdown in hiring during COVID, but that was kind of very short-lived. And when these companies started really seeing better growth in the back part of 2020, and certainly through 2021, the hiring just picked up to very elevated levels. And it was almost all companies, certainly all of the big ones. So we're seeing pretty significant headcount reductions. At one end, you've got some companies that have cut by as much as 25% of overall headcount. Others are in the single digits, but collectively, I think it's basically every company that is sharpening the way that they're thinking about the bottom line, introducing many different kinds of discipline, and the market is really forcing them to do that. And the good thing is we're starting to see some benefits of that in terms of how these companies are being run in terms of being leaner, more nimble, quicker decision-making, for example, and we would expect some of those benefits to continue. Thinking about revenue trends over the short to medium term, when I think about the drivers for the big cap tech stocks that we're working through here, advertising's one, consumer spend's another, cloud, semiconductors. Samit, what do you think about the prospects for some of those drivers over the course of the next 12 months? I think primarily on a near-term basis, consumer spending is the biggest watch point for the hardware sector. I mean, when you look at segments like PCs, smartphones, in some cases, hardware segments like PCs went through a big pull forward and I digestion post-COVID. Smartphones did not really see as much of a pull forward and are more trying to recover from some of the consumer spending pullback. But to varying degrees, what we're really watching is how does the consumer come back and start spending across these categories? Cloud and semiconductors, I think, are all getting wrapped up in this overall big spending towards AI that we are forecasting. And yet we are in the very early stages of seeing sort of materialize at this point and will be, an, again, an interesting watch point as we look to sort of come out of this, some sort of pullback in investments, et cetera, that we've seen. AI and other conversations will really pick up and we'll continue to monitor them for accelerating the recovery going into the back half of this year and next year. On that point on cloud, it's clearly an area of focus for investment around AI. But when I think about hyperscaler, this has been largely viewed as a structural growth story for the last five years. And growth has moderated much faster than people expected as we've come through the last few quarters. Doug, what do you think is driving that? Is that a short-term blip? Is it something more structural that we need to worry about? We hope it's a short-term blip. We think it's more macro-driven, basically. So I would say there's multiple factors, macro and the slowdown that we saw last year, a lot of it, I think, coming after that Russia and Ukraine war breaking out and coinciding with just some of those broader macro pressures. But you're seeing companies that need to become more efficient, optimize their spending levels. The way that's translating into cloud is basically that you're seeing a degree of bigger discounting across the group. You're also seeing, for example, international clients where those contracts historically have been priced in U.S. dollars, where those are getting adjusted somewhat because effectively they became more expensive last year. And then I would also say there's kind of trading down in terms of service levels and tiers just to help companies kind of manage through this tougher top-line growth period. We view those as primarily macro-driven, but there are obviously some structural concerns in the market as well, just about the pace and degree to which workloads will move over into the public cloud. So those are some of the pushbacks that you might get to the macro 
thesis. Makes sense. Samik, as you kind of think out the next medium to long term, next three to five years, what do you think keeps investors up at night? What's really getting people worried about owning big tech right now? I mean, clearly on the hardware side of things, which I cover, the risks are a bit lower than probably some of the other consumer tech, particularly if you focus on Apple. I think just given their large install base that they have a replacement cycle on, you have a lower level of volatility in overall drivers of growth. That said, if you had to pick two or three things, I think inflation is still a driver, even though it has moderated. And when you think about increase in bill of materials across most consumer tech products and passing that on, particularly in an environment where the consumer is probably a bit more susceptible to price increases, that's definitely raising some concerns about how elastic that demand is going to be. Secondly, I think regulatory risk. Timing, always very difficult to call, but you have to keep that in front and center of your investment thesis on most of these stocks. And thirdly, I would just go back to highlighting the macro backdrop here and saying you do have to monitor consumer spending and how quickly it recovers in certain geographies. China expected to be a big recovery theme, but how quickly it recovers is a big driver when we track international markets. Doug, over to you. Is there anything else you call out risks over the medium term? Yes, I would say there's a few things. So First, I feel like normalized growth rates are still a question. We're still trying to find out what normalized really is. As we look across bigger names like Meta and Google, Amazon, companies that grew 20% plus for a long period of time, we certainly think those growth rates are more like 10, 12% kind of in that range on a normalized basis. So things have adjusted somewhat, but you need those additional drivers of growth. I think another concern would just be the degree of competition we're seeing among mega caps in the tech space. So where companies very much used to stay in their own sandboxes to a large degree, there was some competition, of course, but you've really more recently seen like the Apple platform policy changes have been very disruptive to online advertising, created a lot of pressure on Meta and of course, many other names as well. The AI discussion, which is so heavy right now really impacts lots of companies in our sector. It impacts search and Google, but then also on the cloud side between Microsoft and Amazon and, and Google as well. And then I think you've seen more competition in online advertising, right? Where Facebook and Google had historically, and they still do of course have a very big chunk of the market, but in the last year, two years, Amazon, TikTok as well have emerged as more meaningful players. Just coming back to you on AI, you mentioned it as a potential source of concern, but it feels to have replaced crypto and Web3 as the hottest buzzword in tech at the moment. Where should we start to get excited? I think that there's been a lot of focus. Look, we do think it will be massively transformational over time and almost in ways that we can't totally foresee yet. But I think that a lot of people are thinking about this technology as disruptive. And of course, there are ways that it could be to a lot of these companies. But I guess I would tend to look at it a little bit differently, where I think it has the potential to increase opportunities. For example, in search, potentially grow the pie. If results are so good that people might be willing to do more queries, more searches, advertisers might be willing to spend more money for customers who are further down the funnel because they're getting really good results and they're more likely to do a transaction. So 
I think there will be a lot of opportunities and growth areas that come out of AI over time. Yeah, and I'll just add that from hardware companies, obviously, there's the whole cloud ecosystem enabling AI, but don't forget AI at the edge. When you take a look at a mobile device today, it's computing in your hand. That's going to enable AI inferencing at the edge. Same goes for a PC with a high-end processor. So we do see cloud and AI investments in the cloud probably sort of the first big driver. But when you think about what's already out there in terms of smartphone compute and companies like Apple differentiating with their processor, the next wave after that will definitely be AI at the edge and companies that support that ecosystem will also stand to benefit. Just a teaser for the next episode of this podcast, it's going to focus on generative AI and that will come out in a couple of weeks time and will feature Mark Murphy and Gokul Hariharan. And very quick one before I wrap up, Metaverse, no one's really talking about it anymore. Apple, Meta, obviously both at the center of this debate. Samik, is it something you're getting excited about for any of your coverage, thinking about headsets, or is it too early for that? The excitement seemed to go up pretty quickly, came down pretty quickly, right? So not yet. I would say we're very early days in terms of getting to price points where you can democratize the use of those headsets and get people on a metaverse. I mean, when you look at these devices today, they're pricey. I think there's a lot more push and pull between whether it's a good for a consumer market or enterprise market where you can use them to train employees, etc. These are great to prove out the technology. That's where we are in the technology cycle, prove out what can be done. And then you go down the cost curve and democratize the use of these across more sort of consumers. But I think it takes a bit of time. The excitement is there, but maybe you're pushed out a bit in terms of timeline. I think there's still a ton of work being done around the metaverse. And I think the companies that people may have been excited about and the potential around them, the work continues. I just think that it's happening a little bit quieter now. Companies are discussing it a bit less. The dollars are still extremely large. When you think about Meta, for example, and the investments that's going there, they are showing more discipline, but it's still very large on an absolute dollar basis. But I think like we've seen in technology over many, many years, a lot of times emerging technologies can take longer than people think and then ultimately be more impactful. So we'll see. We still think we're several years out, but the work certainly continues. Guys, this has been fantastic. Thanks for joining. To wrap up quickly, we discussed everything that went wrong through 2022, the macro, supply chain factors, FX, inflation, the Fed. We touched on some of those events starting to turn and investors starting to get a little bit more optimistic this year, specifically supply chain and FX. But there's clearly a lot of uncertainty that's in people's minds, especially around the consumer and enterprise spend and inflation still hasn't disappeared yet. So lots to think about as we move through the balance of this year. Thanks for listening to Research Recap. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to JP Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read JP Morgan Research Reports related to its contents for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2023, JP Morgan Chase & Co., all rights reserved.